Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best books directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Paul Margolis, the author of The Naked Philosopher, a riveting crime thriller that was released last month. Paul, welcome. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate your, your being here. Fabulous book. I really enjoyed it, and, and I was interested to learn that your father was a philosopher as well. So we'll, we'll get into that, but first, uh, give listeners a little bit of a sense of the story of the book. The story is about a uh, fallen LAPD undercover detective whose father happens to be a very famous Harvard philosopher. And uh, out of the blue, his father calls him to say he's in town for a philosophy conference and maybe they could get together for lunch to talk. Very out of character for his father. And um, ex-detective doesn't want to do that, but thinks about it, decides, well, maybe it's a good idea for me to uh, deal with our non-relationship over the last 10 years. His father doesn't show up to the lunch, and the rest of the book is really about this uh, son trying to find his father, and in so doing, um, learns about his father in a way that uh, he completely didn't expect. And there are a lot of other components to the book. Uh, that. The, the the fallen police detective Jack is a fascinating character. We 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 learn a lot about him. He's a he's earning a living when the book begins as a poker player, and mm-hmm. not particularly happy with his lot in life is is the sense that I get. And uh, the father, a very distant figure. Um, there's a lot of family drama in here, and then there's something else that's going on from the from the very beginning. Uh, some other element to the book that uh, we can't really get into much without giving anything away. But uh, there are a lot of moving parts in this in this story. Right. There's actually uh, what what I think gives the book a kind of other layer is that uh, uh, the reason that uh, Jack got kicked off of the LAPD three years ago starts to come back into the story. Uh, and so there really are two mysteries in the story. One is what happened three years ago and what happened to his father. And in a, a very, I think, unexpected way, they end up dovetailing into each other for this kind of wild ending that I came up with. Indeed. Now, the father is a noted philosopher. Your father was a noted philosopher. I actually looked him up today. He's got a pretty extensive uh, Wikipedia page. He does. He actually is uh, still a uh, uh, incredibly active uh, philosopher at the age of 91, still teaching, writing books, uh, lecturing all over the world. Pretty impressive character. Um, and so in a in, in a non-autobiographical way, I think I used his uh, devotion to his work and his philosophy to kind of thread through the mystery part of the story. What did your father think of the book? Uh, he liked it. He, he was, well, I worked very closely with him, actually. I made several trips to Philadelphia where he teaches uh-huh. uh, to go over the philosophy. I wanted to make sure that that part of the story was absolutely accurate. So we had some very interesting sit-down interviews where I was interviewing my dad, uh, talking about his philosophy, trying to distill it in layman's terms so that I could 
um, as I say, thread it through the story, but not overwhelm the mystery with mm-hmm. this kind of uh, pedantic uh, philosophy. And it's a challenging thing to do, like with any science, I guess. It's it's a challenge to make things understandable, to make complex subjects understandable. Very true. And, and you know, I'm a real crime novel lover. Mm-hmm. And I was looking, when I wrote this, I was looking for a way to... Um, Give uh, create a story that was a little bit different that had kind of a, a a smart component to it that may be a little bit different from what other mystery lovers read and so I like to think that I I created something that is um, unique in some way and, and um, but still has that kind of uh, freight train page turning. Mm-hmm suspenseful component to it. And one of the nice things for us as readers is when we get to learn about something that we didn't know about before. And I knew nothing about the world of philosophy at at the level that the character in this book lived in. And, for example, I had no—I'm not surprised that there are conferences, but I had no idea that within their world— uh, certain characters uh, or certain philosophers are like rock stars, and they they have all <laughs> of the uh, all of the things that go along with being a rock star in that world that that uh, is a part of being at the very top of their profession. Absolutely true, including groupies. Yes, I might add. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have this. Uh, it's kind of amazing. I have attended a couple of these conferences, met my dad in different countries where he's been lecturing. And uh, uh, it's kind of amazing that some of these philosophers have have these uh, uh, entourages of uh, very brainy, very attractive people uh, uh, surrounding them. It's kind of interesting. It's very interesting. Now, this is a it's a theatrical book. I, I read one review uh, at, at Amazon that said this has got to be made into a movie. And that, that's interesting because of your background. You spent several years in television and movies as a screenwriter and as a producer. Uh, do you see this as something that would translate well to film? I do. I, I think it's uh, – I, I like to think, again, because of my background as a screenwriter – Visual storytelling is my is my strength, and um, so I tried to write something that was very cinematic. Uh, I think that the most compelling books are those where you can really see the movie in your mind's eye, see the story, excuse me, mm-hmm. as you're reading it, um, where you can get get completely lost in that world, um, that that visual component to the story. So I wrote it very much in that way. I think that's my my background. I was a screenwriter for actually many more years than I want to tell you, but probably uh, uh, decades, let's just put it that way. So I just think, I I think over the course of many, many years of working in film and television, um, I came to understand um, visual storytelling. And uh, that was uh, so much fun to write in a completely different medium. You know, this is my first book, my first novel. And um, to use that visual storytelling component, but in a completely different kind of um, structure than I'm used to in screenwriting. And it has to be easier said than done, because when you're writing a screenplay, you you might be able to establish the setting with a sentence. 
basically, uh, you know, outside at the beach. Uh, whereas with a novel, you've got to be very descriptive. Was that a challenge for you? It was. It was a challenge. And you, you hit the nail on the head. It really is quite different in the way that you described. Uh, screenplay is really a blueprint blueprint for a film. And uh, you can't dictate how a particular actor is going to perform a line of dialogue or a scene, how a director is going to transform that scene in writing into a compelling piece of film. So, but in a book, it's really the responsibility of the writer to create, to be the actor, to be the director, as well as the writer, and to create that, uh, that film, again, in the mind of the reader. Um, very different skill set. And uh, it was a challenge. I think some of my early drafts uh, uh, betrayed a, uh, a lack of understanding of the, of the, the art form of the novel. But I like to think that um, with more drafts, and I did, uh, again, uh, many, many, many drafts of this, uh, of this book, I think I, I started to understand uh, what goes into that. I have a friend who's a screenwriter, and he actually writes his first drafts as though he were writing a screenplay. So it's it's basically, as you said, he's he's writing the blueprint for the story, and then he goes in in later drafts and fleshes them out. If I knew how mm-hmm. to write a screenplay, I would try that because it sounds like it would be a fun way to do it. But just uh, the, <laughs> there are a lot of there are a lot of complicated issues involved in writing a screenplay that I just I'm not willing to tackle at this point. Now, you you decided to tackle something that was completely different, as you said, after decades in another business. Uh, What was the thought process behind, hey, I think I'd like to write a novel? Well, I think that um, the film business has certain challenges which are very difficult for a writer. You've probably heard about some of them, Um, you know, what some writers refer to as development hell, for example, mm-hmm. endless meetings, endless meetings with uh, studio executives going over uh, changes that they want to see every time you have a uh, a new producer involved in a project. Uh, there's a whole new set of notes, and I was very attracted to the freedom of writing a novel where I could really write whatever I wanted to write. My my goal here was not to write something shamelessly commercial that was going to uh, become a bestseller, but rather to write the story I really wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I decided that, uh, or at least I thought that uh, as long as I make it interesting, uh, I can do just about anything in this, in this novel, as long as, uh, as opposed to a screenplay where there is very set structure to a screenplay. And you really can't deviate uh, outside of the actual technical form of the screenplay. Having spent all this time in in Hollywood and writing for television and films, that's probably one of the one of the few places as an artist where you're creating something that might make the publication, the traditional publication process, look fairly quick. Because for a lot of for a lot of first time authors, they think, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea it was going to take this long." I had the novel done, I sent it in. I I thought we'd be ready to publish in you know a few months, and it it probably takes closer to eighteen months to 
to two years. But I expect you were used to that from from your, your days in film and television, where it seems like some projects can take years or decades to, to, to be finished. I actually had a movie uh, that I sold, uh, and it was not made until 13 years later. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so a good example of what goes on in the film business. Absolutely true. What surprised you with, with your first novel about the process? Because you've been around the business of writing for so long. Did anything about the publication process surprise you? Gosh, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, everything surprised me. Okay. Everything everything about the process uh, of publishing a book, how, how difficult it is. I, I found as I was writing the book, I was trying to learn more and more about the world of publishing. Uh, I was lucky to get a great agent in New York and started to learn about agents and uh, publishers and distribution of books. And what's going on now is, uh, you know, the kind of seismic changes in the world of books is the same thing that's going on in the film business mm-hmm. in music and television in all the art forms. I think this is we're living in one of the most interesting ages where all of the arts are being turned on their head and uh, the the actual distribution systems of all these things is changing so quickly that it's hard to keep up. So, yeah, it was it was actually very eye opening and uh, exciting, actually, you know, very exciting to see all this. I wasn't trying to. Um, reinvent the wheel, but I was uh, mm-hmm. I was fascinated by all of the um, all of the moving parts that go into having a book actually published. It is it is a fun time to be a writer and a fun time to be involved in this because everything is changing so quickly. It can also be a terrifying time, um, but but it's also fun. You mentioned that you were a crime fiction lover. What are give me an example of some of the things that you really enjoy. All I can say is I just love a good mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the people that I find uh, just uh, consistently compelling are Tana French, a British, mm-hmm. British writer, Mo Hader, another female British writer. Uh, John Hart is one of my favorites here. The list goes on and on. What I try to do every year is uh, when they announce the Edgar Award nominees, I try to buy all those books. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm kind of a... Luddite, so I buy them all in hardback. I love the feel and the smell of a hardback book. And I absolutely love reading all the Edgar nominees and sometimes sometimes am surprised by the ones that end up being the uh, the winner. But just I can't get enough of mystery. I love I think that we all have a innate fascination with the unknown. And it's getting harder and harder because we're all exposed to so many more stories than people were years ago or 100 years ago. Harder and harder to come up with moves that are unexpected. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the writer has an especially difficult burden, I think, with every passing year. Uh, but when it, when a mystery pulls it off, I think it's just one of the great delights to uh, to put down a book where you feel like, wow, that was that was a wild ride. Yes, and it, it, it happens more often, at least for me, it happens more often than I would expect. I, you, you mentioned Tana French. I had not, I, I, I knew who she was, but I'd never read one of her books until uh, I, I interviewed her. And I read one, and it was extraordinary. 
and uh, mm-hmm. John Hart as well. I've I've never spoken to Mr. Hart, but he, he's another. He's a brilliant writer, and yeah. you know, just something that someone handed me a book one time and said, "I, I think you might like this." There's so many great books out there. It, it's difficult to to even imagine that there are so many. And and you've created something that's really unique here. The idea of you know bringing us into the world of philosophy. You have a great story. This is really an accomplishment for a first book. Congratulations. Thank you, Steve. Well, something also that I think I, I tried to do here was, um, you know, in so many mystery books, the ultimate, the, ul- the ultimate punishment is 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 death. Mm-hmm. And I discovered in my interviews with my father that for a philosopher, there was something worse than being killed. And I won't say any more about it, but right. I think that that's a component of the story that is certainly very fresh and. And and, and uh, you can wrap a great mystery around that concept. Paul, where can people find the Naked Philosopher? Uh, well, it's very it's available on Amazon, on Nook, uh, iBooks. Um, uh, you could check out my website for all the information, paulmargolisauthor.com. And uh, there's also a link for getting in touch with me. I absolutely would love to hear from people and. We'll do my best to, uh, uh, if they have any questions about the book or uh, anything about the writing process, I, I love to uh, to talk to people about writing and about books. So I welcome anybody uh, who wants to try to contact me. I will link up to your website in the show notes here. So if you're out there driving around, you don't have to pull off the road to write that down. The, the Paul's website address will be in the show notes, and I'm guessing that's also the best way for people to keep up with you and and what you'll be doing as an author. Yeah, there's actually a link to uh, a newsletter. I'm going to try to be in touch every month with okay, uh, terrific. my fans, so yeah. All right. Well, Paul, thanks so much for being here today. This has been a treat. Thank you very much. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you do stop by the website, please sign up for my email list. I send out an email message each Friday with a summary of the week's interviews. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and to be sure you don't miss out on great new books, like The Naked Philosopher from Paul Margolis. Thanks for listening.